Thank you for listening to a message from the Oak Haven Church. The following sermon was recorded during our Sunday morning worship service. We hope that this message will be helpful to you and encourage you to explore the Word of God. And now, this week's message. Good morning. I always thank my God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in Him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech, with all kinds of knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you, Tracy. I'm going to ask you to uh, recognize that that is a message of thanksgiving, and I'm going to ask you to remember Tracy's voice uh, reading those words while I speak. Uh, this message is also a message of thanksgiving at its heart, but it may take some time for you to recognize that first. Um, first of all, I'm going to recognize the um, my reminisce, that I've titled this sermon, the Reminisce, Recap, Refocus, and Encourage, uh, was the title, but I'm thinking Spellcheck took it over. and uh, But I'm trying to think that maybe maybe I could make that work even better. Reminisce, recap, refocus, and re-emerge. Maybe that would work work out just as well. But uh, encouragement is really what I where I'm wanting this to go. Now, this morning as we sang uh, the song, um, As the Deer Pants for the Water, just got to see a beautiful thing out here this morning. Um, I was out here early. The sun was um, already up, but not very high. It wasn't over the trees yet. The entire backyard was frosted white. And way in the very back was, I thought, I looked and I thought, I think that's a deer back there. And I was, I had already looked through the, the order of service. I knew we were singing that song today. I thought, well, that's another interesting thing that happens out here at Oak Haven all the time. Um, all kinds of strange things happen that just don't seem, that seem to be organized by something else. And, uh, Anyway, that deer, it became very clear it was a deer, and it came walking out, and it was a big buck. And I thought, well, Oak Haven is probably quite a haven uh, for that buck today. A second buck came out, and then a doe came out, and they came walking right up along the yard, and they were right out here. Pat and I were out here looking at them this morning, and I saw one of them go running back off there this morning, but um, just kind of a fun way to start the morning, and uh, kind of a Unusual look to the to the ground and the sky out there this morning. It was wonderful. Well, this past year and a half has been eventful and it's been stressful. It's also been inspiring and exciting, but it certainly has been challenging. The very next verse after what Tracy just read is this sentence. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Sadly, that part may resonate a little more clearly with us, and I'm calling this the reminisce, the recap, the refocus, and encouragement tour of the last year and a half or so for Oak Haven Church. I want us to remember and recognize what we have been through. I want us to remember how the Mudd family came to be with us, to recognize what their family has gone through, 
and to be grateful for what they have done for us. I want us to recognize the losses that we sustained. I want us to re-examine our identities, and I want to encourage each of us to press on to our goals. And I'm going to apologize. I'm going to have to read this, or it'll take forever. Um, I got to stay on my uh, stay on my message, and uh, I think it'll go a lot faster if I if I just stay reading it. So I apologize. I won't be able to speak it just as I would like. Somewhere around April of 2019, Tim and Sarah Randolph notified us that they were leaving the ministry and they would be moving to Missouri, along with Sarah's brother's family and their parents. They would be leaving in June. After recovering from that news, we soon formed a minister search and review team and began putting out very targeted, purposeful letters of inquiry to trusted sources to start spreading the word that we were looking to find a new supported Christian worker. We took care not to use the language of hiring a minister. We did not want to convey an employer-employee relationship. We did want to convey a message of shared mission and service. A description of responsibilities was developed and shared. And in the next weeks, a few applications started coming in. Several of them worked their way to the top, and we began a dialogue with these candidates. One of the first was a man from a, with a family who was currently working with the Manhattan Church of Christ in New York. The letter of application was perfectly tailored to Oak Haven's described needs. We listened to some of his sermons, and we were impressed. We watched some of his narrative sermons, and we were very impressed. During this process, right at this same time, seemingly out of nowhere to a lot of us, Wayne and Gail Hawley notified us that they were going to be moving to the Madison area to be closer to their family. We all knew that this was going to be a big loss of friendship, a loss of fellowship, and a loss of leadership to our Oak Haven family. But we continued the search process and began discussing different candidates. I remember Joe Feldkamp saying that this guy from New York probably is looking for something bigger than Oshkosh. He has the experience and has the skills to be a lead pastor, probably leading a staff of ministers in a larger congregation. We continue to read pages of applications and philosophies of ministry papers that we had asked applicants to submit. Joe and Dwight spoke to different candidates on the phone, and we prayed and we prayed. We spent time as a group rank ordering our candidates. And as a couple of them moved to the front of our list, we decided to offer invitations to come an interview for our position in Oshkosh. Our resources were limited, so we decided to bring in our first choice and see how that went before extending other invitations. Our first choice was Larry and Cynthia Mudd. We thought it was probably a long shot, but yet their letter of application seemed to be seeking a quieter and smaller community. I believe it was Joe who called the Mudds and uh, offered them the interview. And I remember being very disappointed, as Joe told us, they had already accepted an invitation to interview in Spokane, Washington. I remember pleading with the search team to quickly set up an interview with this family before they had a chance to go to Washington. I was quickly and gently chastised and moved by Dwight's thoughtful response to my impetuousness. <clears throat> he had to do that a lot. God knows that Oak Haven is looking for a minister, Dewey. God knows that the Mudd family is looking for a church to serve. 
God knows that there are other ministers also looking for a church, and God will put us together as he sees fit. We do not need to be outracing other churches. Well, that was humbling and profound. But I thought to myself that opportunity was probably officially over. I was convinced if the Mudd family interviewed with a church that, that would be, they would be offered the position. I was at our family cottage on 4th of July weekend, I believe, when Joe called me on the phone and said that the Mudd family had been to Washington and had been offered the position, but they wanted to come to Oshkosh before making any decision. Well, we quickly arranged for them to come for a weekend, meeting almost all of us over the weekend on Friday night in Appleton at Joe, at Fel Joe and Gail Feldkamp's home, and in Oshkosh on Saturday at Dwight and Sandy Dietz's home. Then they would preach on Sunday morning. Do you remember the sermon where we all came forward and got a ball of clay out of the thing? We talked about the, the potter being able to make something out of the clay of value. We had a potluck to meet anyone that they had possibly not yet met, and then a formal interview in the afternoon with the review team. And at the end of that grueling weekend, the congregation was encouraged to give any and all feedback to the review team before they would meet the next day to compare notes. All the feedback we received was enthusiastic and supportive. The review team met on the next evening and unanimously agreed to offer the position to Larry and Cynthia. Joe and Dwight and Sandy uh, drove back to our house with me because the MUDs flight had been canceled and they were unexpectedly still in town. Dwight, Dwight, <laughs> Joe and Dwight, not Dwight. Joe and Dwight offered the position in person in our living room. The MUDs traveled back home, talked it over with their family, they prayed, they weighed their options, and eventually accepted our offer. I know that I began frequently describing this entire process as a faith-building experience for me. I was convinced that God's hand was directing this that such an unlikely pairing would come together. And I still am convinced that God's hand was directing this. But I also expected all would go smoothly since it was God's plan and we'd all live happily ever after. But there were challenges. Uh, this family owned a home in New Jersey that needed to be sold. Larry had responsibilities at the Manhattan church he wanted to honor that would require him to stay for a couple of months yet. And the kids, Lydia and Jacob, well, they would need to start school in Oshkosh well before that time. Cynthia and the kids would move to Oshkosh for the start of the school year, and then Larry would come near the end of October, and hopefully the house would be sold by then. Joe and Dwight take the lead and do a great job of leading us in preaching and teaching almost every Sunday for the summer and fall. Wayne returns and preaches at the corn roast. Larry moves here in late October. The New Jersey house is not sold yet, so they move into a rental house on campus while continuing to look for a home. Larry preaches his first sermon in November, and it's wonderful to have him join us and to have his family all together in one place. Somewhere here along the way, seemingly out of nowhere again to them and to us, Gail Feldkamp loses her job, and Joe and Gail quickly move to Atlanta for a new job opportunity. Joe had recently retired and he had been pouring himself into his role as shepherd, and he had been instrumental in leading the search and review team. In short order, Oakhaven has replaced its minister and has lost two of its three shepherds. 
On December 2nd, there's a shooting at Oshkosh West High School, which shocks the entire community, and I'm sure the Mudd family was wondering what kind of choice they had made. There's chaos as some of the students have run out of the school, and some students have been transported to a school down the road. Larry stands in line at the school in this new town to retrieve his children. The schools are closed for several days, something at this time that is just unheard of. But it would not be for long. December moves on. Larry arranges a Christmas Eve service, a year ago from the one we just announced uh, today. And we love it. In January, we all start hearing of a dangerous virus overseas. Surely nothing for us to worry about. Then we start to hear of how it's affecting many on cruise ships, and some of those affected are from the United States. As spring is starting to roll around, the virus is a greater and more imminent danger to all of us, and meeting and singing in churches is described as one of the most efficient ways to spread this disease. Soon there's a shelter-in-place order for Wisconsin. Many churches are already closed. We decide to stop meeting together in person the week after the public schools are closed. Basically overnight, we switch from meeting together to recording the worship service and planning to watch it together on Sunday mornings. Larry's equal to the challenge. He orders equipment, he records meaningful messages, he sends out frequent notes of encouragement and suggestions for reading and listening while we're sheltered in place. He enlists different people each week to participate in our recorded services. Each week we look forward to seeing our friends online in our new recorded church. Larry enlists several of us to record a Good Friday service and make it available to everyone. Easter Sunday, even Easter Sunday, is a recorded service. Brenda begins a women's chat group on Zoom to keep people connected as best as possible. That group sticks together, I think, even till now. The men try it a few times, but it dissolves after a few weeks. Somewhere during that time that we are not able to meet, Mysterious, loving hearts with scripture-laden encouragement start showing up in our yards. Under Cynthia's direction, we find out later, the family has prepared an anonymous, I knew I was going to struggle with that, an anonymous, no, I'm not going to get it yet. The family has prepared and anonymously delivered these hearts from Green Bay to Winnicani and Oshkosh and beyond. Each of the services that are recorded Larry also burns onto CDs for those who did not have an internet so that they can also remain connected. As the weeks go on, the steering committee continues to meet online in Zoom chats and tries to make an informed decision about when it could be safe to resume meeting in person and how our individual members might feel about returning. A survey is developed and sent out, and as you might expect, it was divided about equally, but not in half into thirds, with about a third ready to come back right away some upset that we had closed in the first place, a third willing to give it a try if there is adequate safety measures in place, and about a third that were not ready to return to in-person worship until there was a vaccine or the virus had substan subsided substantially. On July 5th, Sunday, July 5th, we resumed offering in-person worship as well as offering the service live streaming online. This required Larry to switch again from the recorded format into the live stream format in short order. More equipment was ordered, more adjustments were made. We cautiously began to meet again, and then at some point started up classes in kids' own worship again. Cynthia picks up people at their home and gives them a ride to church or rides to appointments. She and Larry go to a member's home, help them with some minor repairs. 
We, we get used to wearing masks and social distancing, even though we don't care for it. But the numbers continue to grow, and eventually the masks became required. As we all know, the virus was not the only news of the winter, summer, and spring of 2020. Presidential election campaign season was also ongoing. There were strong feelings and opinions expressed for different candidates and positions all across our country, all across our state, all across our community, and even among our friends. Somehow, masks and social distancing became politicized nationwide, and differences of opinion started to include even what safety measures were appropriate. Well, Oak Haven proved to not be immune from these ongoing and increasing pressures that were occurring all over the country for the last number of months. For a variety of reasons, we've had people move, we've had a number of our friends decide to leave Oak Haven, and some people have looked for someplace else. We are sad to lose the weekly fellowship with our friends, and we feel a deep loss. We are grateful for their service and the fellowship that they offered us. While it's hard to believe, these last losses included Dwight and Sandy, our last shepherd, from the initial team that began the transition process. It leaves us with a completely different eldership than just 18 months ago. The, string of this, the sting of these losses is perhaps lessened a bit as we rejoice that no one has been lost to the kingdom and we will all continue to serve but will now be serving in different vineyards. So, here we are today, continuing to join together at the barn and online, praising and serving Jesus. It's my opinion that our primary challenge as we move forward together will to be sure of our most important identity. The scripture that I referenced earlier appeals to this identity. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. This request has Paul appealing to us as brothers and sisters in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's appealing to the Corinthians, and I believe to us, Oak Havenites, in the name of our identity, in the name of our identity of being Jesus' people. This identity is to be the first and the most important identifier for each of us in the church. There's a lot of great identities that we can, that we can claim, such as, I am Gaylord and Dottie Unbehan's son. I'm Nordell and Christie's brother. I'm Tina's husband, which is very important, and I don't need to minimize it in any way. I'm Emily and Hillary's father. I'm Nick and Dan's father-in-law. I'm... Uh, <laughs> you knew that was, this was going to get me, right? Yeah. I knew it when I wrote it. <clears throat> yeah, Cambry, Avi, Cannon, and Cruz, Papa. I especially like that one. But first and foremost, these people that I love need to see and know that I am a sinner. I'm only forgiven and I'm only saved by Jesus and then to be a child of God. Some identities try to strive to bond to us and by using some device like maybe a song. I'm a graduate of Brilliant High School. They have a great song. Here's the cheer for Brilliant High, the school we love so well. Kind of catchy. <clears throat> yeah. After high school, I went to school at UW-Madison. On Wisconsin, on Wisconsin. Or my favorite, my dad used to sing this to me when I was little. He was alumni from UW. 
If you want to be a badger, just come along with me. I became licensed as a special education teacher from UWO. Hail Titans, hail Titans. Nobody knows that song. No. That's enough singing for now. But you get the point. I don't let me get started on identifying with the Packers. That might not even be healthy. But all these identities have made an impact on me, and they strive to make themselves part of my identity. But again, my primary identity needs to be Christ follower. It bonds to me through my confession as a sinner and a weekly with the celebration of our communion that Don led us through this morning. It bonds to us. The grace it offers me is unmatched by any other identity. I am created in the image of our Father. I am saved by Jesus, and I am counseled by the Holy Spirit. The challenge to unity in our fellowship arises when other identities strive to surpass this primary identity. These other identities need to be kept secondary, even as important as some of them may seem. This common identity in Jesus that we share is the only reason we come together. It's the reason we claim our mission statement, a family of God's people sharing and praising Jesus Christ in word and service. I have some scriptures to give us hope along with our identity in a time of transition, such as this time of transition that we find ourselves in now. And I'll summarize them. Um, if I summarize 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 29, it encourages us to not get sidetracked or not slow down. If I summarize Philippians 3.13 and 3.14, it uses an analogy of a race, and it encourages us to let go of the past and strain for the goal. I can just picture the Lowe's at the track meet watching Jocelyn strain for this goal. If you ever got a chance to watch Jocelyn when she was running track, it was something. But it takes training, and it takes commitment, and you strain for that goal. 1 Timothy 4, 7-10 encourages us to exercise our spiritual training and godliness to attract others to Christ. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8 encourages us to fight the good fight, to finish the race, to persevere, and to continue what was begun. So I say, let each of us recognize our common identity. Let us put other identities behind us. Let us encourage one another. Let us continue to serve. Let us continue to reach out and continue to spread the good news. Equally, we need to be careful with our beloved identity of Oak Haven. Oak Haven is just a vessel. It's not even a church building. It's a barn. But we who meet here in the barn are the church. And the barn is not the church because it's us who are the church. It has special significance only because of the surface that it offers to God and the significance that God gives it. Also, we are not our church. We are God's church. Oak Haven is but a small vineyard in a very large kingdom. We need to listen carefully to God's plan for his church. We pray that those who have left us find peace and new purpose and that we may continue to have fellowship with them. We pray that those of us who remain hold fast to the Lord and to each other. We pray that we will continue to love and support each other. We pray for Larry, Cynthia, Lydia, and Jacob. We are grateful for the commitment and the service they offer to us. 
and we are thankful and grateful that they have been chosen to serve with us. We will ask the Lord to make clear his spirit and his will to us to help us to help open us up to the work of the spirit. And we will be grateful for the blessing that God has poured out on us. Now back to that scripture that Tracy read to us. I'm going to ask Jim to put it back up there. <clears throat> and the reason for my thankfulness. As I picture Paul writing this to us, I'm repeating his words especially targeted towards us. And I am thankful for all of you, Okaven. I always thank God for you because his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge because, of, because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. May we be still for a time and let God's Holy Spirit fill us up. Let God's Holy Spirit organize us and let God's Holy Spirit direct us. Grace and peace to us all. We're thankful that you've joined us today in person and online. Please, please feel free to fellowship with each other after this song, but please move outside to the fresh and circulating air quickly. And watch for those deer. And happy Thanksgiving to each of you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Oak Haven Church. We're located at 2175 Witzel Avenue in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. To hear previous podcasts, visit our website at oakhavenchurch.net.